Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon. It is me once again. You are tuning in with Life with Bree. Today we'll have one special guest. This phenomenal young man is going to come on and share some insight about what he's seen is going on. This is part two of My Skin is Not a Threat. So y'all be ready, be ready, be ready. We will be shooting at 2.50 p.m. So... Get ready for that. It will be uploaded to Spotify. So all you Spotify listeners, be on the lookout. Now, without further ado, we're going to get straight into this episode. And I hope y'all like this as much as I like the last one. Okay? Okay. And as I always say, be you, do you, love you, because you cannot be nobody but you. It's me signing out. Bye, y'all. Today, I told y'all that we're going to have one phenomenal speaker. This young man is one influential person I actually know of, um, and I'm going to let him take the floor. His name is Donovan Hankins, and let's just get into it. Yes, uh, hello, everybody. As you said, my name is Donovan Hankins, and uh, today we'll be speaking about a few things. Yeah, if you could just remind me of the first one, or where you'd like me to start. Um um, you can start on what's your take of what's happening in society today. Um, my take of what's happening in society today—that's a good one. Um, personally, I feel that just about everything, um, has gone. It's been hell in a handbasket in a while, but as you know, handbaskets are made out of wood. So it feels like the bottom was just burnt out of the basket. And now we're all over the place. And people are very angry. And they have a right to be about um, the way that they're being treated. You know, whether it's the police or the military or the racists or the people who are closed-minded or not inclusive. It's just uh, society today, right now, while it is empirically better than it was, say, in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, we still have a ways to go for improvement, and I think a lot of what's happening right now will bring us closer towards that goal, uh, even if some of it is violent, even if some of the mom-and-pop shops get burnt down, because you do have to weed out um, some of the, how do you say, some of the ignorance, I think, because there are people who are just here for self-benefit and gain. But I think the majority of the protesters want to see a legitimate change in the way things are done. Okay. To refer back to what he said, hell in a handbasket, I totally agree with that. Um, with everything that's going on today, what can you say is one thing that really triggered your emotions or your side of what's happening? Um. I have two things. Uh, as some of our listeners may know, I attend a charter school. Uh, it was built from the ground up. It used to be a Kmart. And uh, in 1998, it became incorporated, opened its doors in 1999. We are an inner city community charter, uh, free public education. We've existed for just about 20 years. Uh, that said, in Minneapolis, there's a school very similar to ours. Um that has most of its students, the student demographic, most of it is black, just like ours. It's a community charter, just like ours. And with all the pillaging and looting that's been going on, 
when I saw that this school had been sacked and ran through it, parts of it had been set on fire and the windows were broken, it touched me in a personal place because that could have been the school that I go to. That could have been my school. And it's angering because the violence is nonsensical in this case because there's nothing of really high value in a school. Pencils, books, markers, you know, general school supplies. The only thing that they could really get away with, I suppose, would be computers. But those aren't the valuable ones. And they have restrictions on them and stuff like that, or at least I hope they do. So it's like, we get that you're upset. But why would you attack and burn down part of this school? And I can't remember the school's name. It's... um. I want to say it's a, either a charter academy or an academic learning society. I can't remember the name of the school, but that was one situation that made me upset because the people had no business going in there. Um, <clears throat> next situation is a lot closer to home. Beatty's Fort Road um, over there by LaSalle. I grew up over there in that area. Uh wasn't near LaSalle. I was closer to the Sunset End, but a lot of those restaurants and shops... I've been to the library that's on Beatty's Ford. People are going down there and they're so angry and they don't think. They went outside and destroyed their own community. These are businesses that are black owned. That the whole um that particular area of Beatty's Ford is called Biddleville. I think it runs all the way from Sunset uh to just past JCSU, I believe, if my topography is correct. And these people went outside and destroyed their own historically relevant black neighborhood. That was another thing that made me upset, not only because I used to live over there, but I don't think that they genuinely care about what's going on, at least not some of them. I do think that most of them do, but there are a select few who choose to make things more difficult by being um, <clears throat> by being deliberately uh, malicious and uh, trying to deharmonize what's going on in the protesting uh, realm because they're not protesting for justice or for George Floyd. They're out there to be doing foolishness or coonery, as one of my coaches would say. And it's upsetting because that's my community too. Even though I moved and I don't live there anymore, um, that's still my community, just like it's your community. It's my sister's community because she was brought up That's really it for me on that. Well, as you were stating about Beta Sport Wound, um, I like to put in, yes, y'all are destroying Black-owned neighborhoods, not only because y'all are mad, but because y'all have no common sense. Take it how you want to take it. I said what I said. Um, being, being a daughter of a store owner over there is... It's really heartbreaking to see they broke into his store. They took everything at his store. But one thing that they didn't touch was his car wash. Why? I don't know. Why didn't he touch the car wash? The people are going to answer that. Um, one other thing I would say is it's not, it's not that y'all, I'm calling y'all animals, but y'all are acting as if y'all have no home training. I say this because these are grown folks. Eight, almost 45 years old. Y'all should be tired of this by now. Do something other than 
looting and stealing. Y'all just have a reason to steal now. So y'all are like, hey, I'm going to steal this and steal that. But that's not the way to go about things. Um, one person from my last podcast said, the fear of not being able to say something is within yourself. And I brought that up to say, if you don't speak, it makes it worse. You're not solving the problem. Speaking up, having a voice, but knowing how to use your voice would be a very, very, I wouldn't say good thing, but it will be very beneficial. Use your voice. Exercise your rights. Do what Martin Luther King said. Speak up. You have nothing to do but speak up. You're at home quarantined. What are you going to do now? But anyways, I brought up the, the the topic of fear versus scared. What is your take on being in fear versus being scared? My take on fear versus being scared, I think the first thing that we should do um, is probably to define what those words mean in a literal context. Um, because there's a lot of people who use them synonymously, and they are synonyms, but um, to be uh, afraid or to be scared means to be in a state of fear. It's temporary. It's transient. It's not always going to be there. But to have fear, fear is something that sticks with you. Like, for instance, when I was younger, I was scared of our house alarm because I didn't like the noise it made. And that wasn't a temporary um, scaredness, I should say. It stuck with me for years until I got older and I realized there's no reason to be scared of this noise because it's just a noise. But that's what fear is. Fear is long term. And to be scared, it's like it's like jump scares in movies. It's something quick, fast. It, it doesn't take up a tremendous amount of time. And being scared is less detrimental than being uh, afraid of something. Like you said, fear, fear, I don't think, I don't think people really know what fear is. Um, one child I spoke to the other day said that she was afraid of lightning. Being afraid of lightning should not be an ongoing situation. Um, scaredness only lasts for a certain amount of time, but all pain don't last forever. All situations don't last forever. I'm saying this because you could see that at one point it did go away. It did not present itself as as it do right now. Um, many years ago, your African-American ancestors did not go through what they went through for you to do stuff like this. You should be able to use your voice no matter what. And also one older man told me, I'm not going to say his name because I want to keep coming anonymous. He once told me, if you don't overcome your fear, you won't be successful. And I'm saying this because one person can put some fear in you, and you'll take that and run with it. You'll say, you don't want to do this because it's going to cause this. You don't want to do that because it's going to cause that. But one thing that you have to realize is that you hold the power to what you want to do. If you want this injustice to go away, say something, do something, be something. Be someone to make this go away. Become an organizer of some organization. Do something. 
And I'm saying is to say that these kids today are watching what you do. They're seeing you stealing. They want to go steal. They see you cursing. They want to go curse. So it's like a potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Whatever they see, they're going to do. So it's like, what are you going to do for these younger generations? You do what you're doing right now is not helping the problem. It's only making it worse. And I'd also like to add... Oh, sorry. I'd also like to add that um, the difference between being scared of the police and being afraid of the police is a real issue, especially in our community. I am afraid of the police, not because I don't know them, but because of the actions of a few. You don't know these people. And when they come to your car, they pull you over. You're scared. And if something happens to you or someone you know, that scaredness will turn into fear. So, yes, I am afraid of the police. I'm not scared of the police as to say, oh, you know, if you're scared of the police, you're a bitch or anything like that. I'm afraid of the police on a fundamental level because not every single officer is going to be having a good day or is going to um, take the responsibility that comes with having the authority and the power that they're granted with that badge the right way. Some choose to abuse it, and you don't know who those officers are, so you have to be paranoid all of the time. Also, to go he said, Malcolm X once said, you are not so blind with patriotism that you can't face reality. Wrong is wrong, no matter who does it or who says it. And I say that to say, if you're scared of police, it's okay. Just do not let them, don't let them put you in a place where you're like, F the police. They are going to do stuff to make you scared. And I'm saying this because all of this injustice that's going around has been around for over 400 years. Your ancestors did not back down, did they? No, they stood up for what they believed in. They stood their ground. They used their rights in a rightful manner. What are you doing right now is not cutting it. I don't care what age you are, 5 to 45. I don't care. I said what I said. This will go on Spotify. And if you got a problem with it, you know my podcast. You can DM me. You have my Instagram. I said what I said. Next topic. If you could give a message to a young African-American child, what would it be? I think if I could get a message to a young African-American child, I think it would be to not lose sight of what you're upset about. Because oftentimes when people get upset, they're so angry. Like if you've ever tried to drive when you're suffering from a serious emotional issue, it makes it um, difficult to operate the vehicle. You want to go down one street, but you end up having to make a turn because you weren't paying attention, and now you're on a completely different street. So don't lose sight of what upsets you, and learn how to act in a manner that will not only keep you safe, but get your point across. Because some of these people are being baited or are losing sight of what is important to them. For instance, right? Um, And I think it's New York City, I'm not sure. People just left. Well, not people. The government or whatever local governing body 
organization, like the police or the state troopers or the military, they're leaving piles of bricks on corners for the protesters to pick up so that they can invoke martial law. It's supposed to be a peaceful protest, but these people are angry. And when they think about that anger and they just happen to see those bricks, two plus two equals four every day. I don't really need to explain it much further than that. So if I could get a message out to younger people, I think it would be don't allow yourself to be compromised by what other people have to say or the actions of other people. You find a group of people who agree with you for the most part because it's good to have diversity in thought, not just diversity in skin color. Find a group of people who agree with you for the most part and stick with those group of people, whether it's protesting or making a podcast. It's good to be, in some cases, it's good to be in an echo chamber. Those good ideas can bounce off of each other. Don't allow yourself to become distracted by the media or Antifa or the police who are the crooked cops who are doing um, bad things that make it difficult for us to say what we need to say. If I can do a message to an African-American child, it would be don't stray away from what you know. And I'm saying this because many parents today aren't raising the kids up in the right way. Take it how you want to take it once again. I have no say so because of my mouth. But do you feel the type of way? You can feel that type of way. I say this to say many kids think that gang banking and robbing and vandalizing things are the right way to go. No. Stick to what you know. Courteousness can get you so far. Being manifold to get you so far. Be careful what you say to anybody. And I'm saying this to say, I've been through that. I know what it's like to say stuff that come out your mouth that don't need to come out your mouth at that time. So from past experiences, keep your mouth shut. Don't say anything that needs to come out your mouth that's not right. And if you have to be silent, be silent. It's not always a good time to speak up. But right now, in this moment, speak up for what you believe in. Say what you need to say. But remember, keep it manifold. Keep it courteous. Ma'am, sir, no sir. Yes, ma'am, no ma'am. Remember those manners that you learned as a child. Please. And in closing, I would like to say, Martin Luther King once said, our lives end the day we become silent about things that matter. Back to what I said in the beginning, use your voice, exercise your rights, be you, do you, love you, because you cannot be anybody else but you. And I think it's the same thing as um, to close, I'd just like to say, uh, remember where you come from. Remember what you're there for. Remember that it's not always going to go your way. Things don't change overnight. And to keep an open mind to certain ideas. Because over the past few days, I've had my opinions changed on certain things. All because 
people figured out a way to explain it in a way that made sense. Be cohesive, work together, make sure that what you're saying uh, can be comprehended by a, lo- uh, by a lot of people. And like I said, don't allow yourself to be distracted because that's what they want. That's what the government wants. That's what um, some of the police officers and the military groups want. That's what Antifa wants. So be mindful. Be, um, what's the word? I'm trying to think of it. Be aware. That's what it is. And remember, power, passion, and purpose. Those three words will always keep you on track. I was taught that by a mentor who unfortunately, uh, he isn't with us anymore. Not like he's dead, but uh, he just got a different job opportunity. So he left the school that uh, I'm currently at. But yes, be mindful. Stay safe. Take all the precautions you need when you go protesting. All that good stuff. Yeah. So thank you, Mr. Hankins, for joining My Skin Got a Threat, Episode 2. And sharing what you believe our social norms is and how to go about them. Um, thank you to the audience that's listening. This is Life with Bree, and we're signing out. <laughs>